Between Sundays, I'm Tyler, and today I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Barry's here to tell us about lament and trust and doubt. But before we get to complaining, now that they've done the sneering and shaking their heads at me, let's welcome in our favorite co-hosts, laid in the dust and left for dead, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Tyler, you are my you guys favorite. Doing? You are my favorite fierce bull of Bashan. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was, that's in Psalm 22, but not necessarily in the message. I apologize, but what is that? I don't even know. <laughs> Guys, how are you? Uh, well, I'm well. How are you? It's a beautiful Corona. day outside. It's a great day to We're sit inside and pod. And yeah, talk about seriously. lament, right? Like yeah. it's the most beautiful day we've had all year. It yeah. is. Yeah. We went, we went, we took a hard turn last week from al- almost getting snow to now. <laughs> oh my right. goodness. There's people everywhere outside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Liv is out working on the chicken coop right now, and I'm oh, yeah. inside working, and I'm so miserable. I just want to be out there with my work pants I love on, squirrel noises, getting that getting that coop built. Uh, tell us about that. What's going on? What? Why did? Why d- did you build a new chicken coop? We've been wanting to build a new chicken coop forever and ever because our our current setup is just woefully inadequate for the uh, for the wonderful chickens that we have as pets. And now that it's starting Rabbits to get into spring and, and now that we have a mite infestation, it is all the more imperative that you have we have a mite infestation on the mean? chickens. Uh, the chickens have little there's little tiny little insects that like live on their on their skin and crawl around. And so we've had to like treat them and we're the, the place where they're in that doesn't have enough space for them to take d- like really good dust baths, mm. which is the way that they clean themselves. So uh, that's why they get mites. So we're like, all right, that's I'm it. Out. We're getting this done. We're making it happen. And so we're building this chicken coop. And wait, uh, yeah, the mite thing sounds like it's concerning. It <laughs> It is if you're a chicken. Uh, I, it hasn't okay, so us too much. You have an infestation. You use the word infestation. Just, like they, there's several of are the all chickens. the chickens. Do they like, do they have like, it's what like, is it? it they're like, like little tiny bumps? insects. No, they're little in, like you could look at them and see these little tiny black specks moving across their. Are they biting the chickens? They're, yeah. They're visible or to the eye. They're visible. Yeah. Oh. You can see them. And it's so you're just like, you just feel <laughs> awful. Cause like, these are our, our pets basically. And we're they're yeah. just miserable. So yeah. So we, we got this like a heavy duty industrial kind of level spray for this, which you have to dilute to one to 200 <laughs> to, with water. And we, we were picking up each chicken and spraying them, uh, in some, some mite hot spots. And, uh, Liv and I basically Liv and I have had a week with our animals because I'll real quick update on this one. Not only are we, are we, we had to give Marge, she was like sick with some other thing, Marge, the chicken. So we had to give her like a, a bath with gentle soap, like in a bucket in our house, <laughs> And like you brought you brought a chicken with mites in your house. Yeah, because she had like a, a whole other issue going on. Kidding? So we had to give her a bath, which she thoroughly enjoyed, actually. Um, oh, but my goodness. Thursday night. No, no, no. Friday, sorry. Wednesday night this week. Uh, we're you know, we have our foster rabbits in one room and we have one of our foster rabbits is this six, seven month old mama with this, this whole litter of baby bunnies, which we got when they were only two weeks old. Now they're about five weeks old. And, uh, these five baby bunnies are adorable, but they're a handful because baby bunnies are always a handful. And then on Wednesday night, this, uh, this rabbit, uh, Winona, she starts 
going frantically around her pen, collecting every bit of like hay. And she got some paper towels. She got started ripping out her own fur and just like piling it in this corner. And we're like, wait, she's making a nest. What is going on right now? Because we've seen, we had one other rabbit with a false pregnancy and we thought, okay, maybe this is just springtime. They have false pregnancies. And then we realized, wait a second, this is exactly one month after she gave birth to these other babies Sure enough, she was pregnant this whole time. And on Wednesday night, right after she did all this, we went back in to check on her at 1130 p.m. And there they were, eight newborn baby bunnies. Okay, (laughs) so So this is the part that just baffles me. So she had eight babies and you couldn't tell that she was pregnant prior to that? Yeah, what's the deal? We got her. We didn't know. She just she was like, now we see her. She's a lot slimmer. (laughs) We had no clue. That, that she had babies inside of her. Oh, no. Because we never knew what she was like before she was pregnant. So. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Anyway. So, so wait. How, what What's the grand tally up to So now, now? we have, <laughs> well, two litters, but those don't count as, if you count them as individual rabbits right now, that means we have 18 rabbits in the house right now. Uh, Ta-da! So, yeah. Oh it, yeah. And uh, we had a baby horse. I think I mentioned that last time, but we had a baby horse. I forgot horse about in the, the baby horse. How's how's he doing? He's great. He's adorable. He's got a little mane. He's got teeth. He's very very cute. Uh, he's oh all legs goodness. at this point. But uh, and then unfortunately, everybody's locked in their house. They can't help you come take care of like farm <laughs> right, hands. Right. They Thankfully, we don't have to, no we, help. We don't have to take care of the horses. That that's Gina. She she's the one who owns them. She takes care of everything. But we get to go and like play with them and stuff. And it's fun. Um, so yeah, basically the the thing that's a little stressful with these little newborns we have to now distinguish between the babies and the newborns oh in goodness. of the yeah. of the bunnies but the it's newborns important. one of them is an actual runt of a litter like somehow missed a feeding or two and then was was uh we found him outside of the nest with of the other bunnies under some little fold of a blanket it was so freaky and he was cold and teensy and now he's like half the size of the bunnies and we've had to help him nurse mm-hmm. so like imagine olivia and i like helping a tiny little rabbit nurse like right after By the way, bathing a these chicken. rabbits are hairless <laughs> they're starting to get a little bit of a little bit of fuzz it's very it's very cute so this I is was, our uh, life now and i'm really glad i was we're a little isolated. disturbed yeah i was a little disturbed at the lack of hair but the naked mice or the ma- mi- they yeah. do look like mice. <laughs> they look yeah. like yeah the naked uh, rabbits with uh with their eyes yeah. closed still. Well, congratulations, Barry and Liv. Wow. You've gone, you went from like 30 animals down to a couple back up to <laughs> about 35. It's a lot. It's springtime. So, yeah. It is springtime. And they're all apparently the having trouble. Infected with mites. Yeah. <laughs> mites, runts of the litter, not eating. And you yeah. know, I oh, never told on. you guys my nickname was Runt when I was growing really? up. I had a Were grandpa. Really I had a grandpa who was a farmer and he was just this rough and tumble farmer guy. And he'd say, come here, Runt. That was my name. I'm runt. feeling aggressive. You say That's that funny. and it brings back like warm memories of being the runt of the litter. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, that's my update. All right. What's up with you guys? Well, congratulations. Marin, Thanks. what's up with you? Just uh, plugging away, trying to survive. You're in a new room. I am. You like it? You like my You're in your plant room. <laughs> Got plants behind you? Yeah, those are my plants and my grandparents' lava lamp, which I love and adore. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys shamed me into a more basic microphone and a smaller room. Yeah. You were, you were mic shamed. Yeah. But it worked. You say it sounds better. I will take it your word for it. Yeah. Really you good. sound great. This is my yep. happy place. Like, this is where I would more often than not choose to work from home. I love this room. It's like flooded with light and grows plant very well. And it's well. also where you keep uh, your lightsabers. Yes. 
inside is. <laughs> For my little come play with. It, it doubles as a toy room when we have little ones yeah. over. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Um, I promised you guys, friends of the pod, we're trying to uh, dial in the content that we're giving you. Uh, I know that for me, Barry, you said the same thing. So I want you to vouch for this. But for me, I am not commuting as much as possible, as much anymore. I'm not going anywhere. Right. Which means unless I'm mowing the grass or something, I'm not listening to podcasts like I used to. Like podcasts are like a staple in my car. So unlimited amounts of time were dedicated to listening to podcasts. And I had like a 30 minute drive both ways. And so podcasts I listened to were like hour, hour and a half, two hours long. And it didn't really matter because I would just come in and out. But between Sundays is very timely. Like it has to, has to happen between Sundays. Otherwise what's the point? (laughs) Right. And so nobody wants a backlog. Yeah. And so, uh, now that nobody's going anywhere, I was like, Let's make it easy. Let's make it quick. Uh, let's make it uh, s- something that somebody can get up, have their coffee or whatever, and uh, listen to it and be done for the week. Um, but hopefully still interesting, compelling, and uh, what you've always known. So we're going to try to make this happen in a like 20-minute spot. Uh, we're already past. We're already like 12 minutes into it. So we'll see how, <laughs> how great that goes. But um, yeah, so I want to jump right into the sermon. And uh, we started week one of a new sermon series called What Now, where we're dealing very practically with uh, emotional uh, temperature of people going through our current reality, like COVID-19. And I forget the I forget the subtitle of the series. It's like... Faith when nothing's ha- normal anymore. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's the perfect description for what we're dealing with. And so week one, Barry, you, you gave the sermon about uh, a lament. And um, for anybody who may have missed it, Obviously, we're not living in normal days right now. And so lament is kind of an abnormal thing for for most people to think about. I mean, I made a note that this is the second time I've even talked about lament at Grace, like since I've been employed here. And the first time was last summer when we went through the Psalms, right? So like, this is not a normal occasion. We don't really talk about lament that often. And so can anybody who may have missed it, can you kind of give us a recap or big idea of what you wanted people to, to take away? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you said, we're, we're finally really focusing our entire sermon series on coronavirus. We mentioned a lot of, uh, how it related to a lot of the sermons that we were giving up until this point, but we basically, we heard the people of grace loud and clear that they needed some guidance on, uh, how to navigate the complexities of this whole situation. So, um, yeah, basically this, this week, the operating reality is that we've lost, we've all lost so much. We've lost friendships or, or at least connections with friends. We've lost income. We've lost our health. We've lost normal kids have lost school. I mean, there's so much loss. And, and so in the face of that loss, um, what does scripture say about how we are to respond to it is the, the question that I was that I was starting with. And I introduced the concept uh, of biblical lament as a possible way to respond to the loss that we're feeling, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, essentially, I summed it up as brutal honesty with God, but also uh, unshakable trust. Is that what I said? Unshakable trust. Um, 
Yes. Is that the word? I don't know that that's the word. Anyway, brutal. Sorry, we're trying to keep it short. Trying to keep it short. Unwavering trust. Unwavering <laughs> trust. That's it. Thank you. Uh, and so I use Psalm 22 as an example, um, which I did a little bit of a longer sermon in the in last summer when we talked about this about Psalm 22. But the focus is basically on on King David lamenting some situation that he was in. And in that Psalm, he shakes his fist at God and he asks God, why have you failed me? Why have you left me for dead? Why aren't you acting? But he also mixes that with this trust, this unwavering trust that God's going to come through for me. And I know you're the kind of God who saves and I know you're going to, you save my ancestors. I know you're going to save me. And so he has this trust, even though there's no point in the Psalm where David's, David says, and now you've come through for me. It's still God, where are you? And my God, my mm-hmm. God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Uh, but at the end, ultimately, he's saying, I will praise you. I will trust you. Uh, so, yeah, I just yeah. hope you come through for me. And I explained that as the biblical lament paradox, which is basically how can you shake your fist at God and trust God at the same time? Um, and I, the answer I gave to that was there's two reasons that that's possible. Number one is that uh, doubt is not the absence of sorry, faith. Trust is not the absence of doubt is the first one. We can talk more about that in a minute if you want. Um, But the second reason is that God actually laments with us Mm. in the face of the brokenness Mm. of our world. God is a God who laments the brokenness. He, we see him grieving the, the, the way that his own children have abandoned him. We see Jesus on the cross crying out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I mean, he quotes Psalm 22. And so yeah. God is a God who laments with us. And because of that, we can trust him that when we lament, we don't lament alone. So for those two reasons, it is possible to trust him, even as we're crying out to him in our frustration or even anger at the way that things are. And so I encourage people to do that. And I gave some space for us to do that at the end, um, hoping that people would, spend some time this week actually lamenting rather than just doing the standard American thing of problem solving and fixing it or hiding our emotions or self-medicating and moving on. Hmm. Why do you think, why do you think lament is such a like, is it because it's, uh, it, why is it perceived so negatively? I guess it's not perceived like when I, when Marin first came to work here, I, I started talking about lament and how it's important. And she gave me a hard time and thought that, oh, you just love lament. But like, why, why? It was your, it was why, your favorite word for about like two weeks. <laughs> why is it so negative? Like, why is the, why is the perception of it so negative? If it is also kind of essential as part of our relationship with God. Well, I think some people, not everybody, but some people are uncomfortable with it because it, it feels sacrilegious almost to, to, to accuse God of anything, mm. it, you know, he's the creator of heaven and earth. How could you possibly ever point your finger at him and ask him why he's not acting? If he's not acting, he has the prerogative not to act like he can, he's within his rights to do whatever he wants. So don't question him. And, um, so there, there, I think that's part of the culture, especially kind of even in the evangelical church, the, the idea that if God is sovereign, then we better not question his sovereignty. We better not question him. I think that's part of it. I don't know if that's the whole picture, but that that's why it's uncomfortable for some. I think we overwhelmingly sing songs about and talk about how he is good. Mm. And it takes so much um, spiritual, mental, emotional effort to sit in any of the, the doubt. Um, I'm a doubter, but for most of my life I was, I was not um, 
given the space and the freedom to be a doubter. And it really was mm-hmm. just like, well, someday you'll understand. And, oh, well, you're you're still young or your faith is weak or whatever I was told in my, yeah. in my upbringing. Um, yeah, I think that's that's why it's difficult for me. I actually. You know, the sermon was yesterday. We're recording this on Monday, so I haven't had a ton of time, but I took some time between then and now to try to do just that. I mean, I got hmm. a lot to lament to about. Hmm. Um It was really hard. It is hard. I wouldn't even say that I'm done, but just the time I spent walking around my yard, like trying to be brutally honest, I kept finding myself almost like involuntarily or habitually turning it back into thanks and praise. It was so weird. I would say things (laughs) like, interesting. I would say things like I am lamenting that, I can't be near my family right now. Like my sister was supposed to come to my house for Easter with her three little girls. And there was supposed to be this adorable Easter egg hunt in my yard with girls in little dresses. And I lament that that didn't happen. But then immediately I said, well, but I did have uh, my friend's little boy for Easter and it was really cute having him. So I thank you for that. Everything that I said that was lamentful and brutally Mm -hmm. honest about what I have lost no matter what it was, even if it was about my mom or whatever, it like I didn't even do it on purpose. It would just kind of flip into, well, but if you look at this side of it, hmm. you know, there's something to praise you about. So I don't know. I think I, I wrote in my journal, why is lament so hard for me? Hmm. I feel like it is work to actually yeah. Yeah. like wrestle, wrestles with God, right? Israel, like yeah. Yeah. wrestle with this concept and these things. Although I don't know that it's totally out of character for lament. Cause if you look at Psalm 22, like it's totally interspersed, it's negative, but also God, this is what you've done. And I'm so angry, but also here's how you've come through for my ancestors. It just goes back and forth. And I right. wonder, I, I talked about lament uh, as kind of being pressing into the relationship that we have with God in our confusion, in our anger. So it's like, we don't draw away from him. We press towards, press into him. And if you have a yeah. deep relationship with him, I can't imagine how you would be able to press into that relationship without seeing the things that he's done for you in the past or feeling, you know, re-experiencing the gratitude you have. So yeah. maybe that's just a natural thing for those who are actually pursuing God in their lament rather than just walking away. Yeah. Well, I've kind of seen it like, uh, um, I'm so glad that if you've been going to Grace for a couple months, even uh, you maybe remember the Return to Eden series. And I, I after you, it. yeah, you guys Wasn't hopefully that remember January. It it's February. Was it February? Yeah. All right. So hopefully you remember, friend of the pod. Um, I've kind of looked at Lament, and this season is like. If you remember the concept of return to Eden, it's like, I will follow you, God, back to Eden, but I'm just not happy with the way things are right now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to Eden. I will follow you there. But what about right now? Right. Like, I, I see lament as that. And yeah. I, I personally have never had a problem <laughs> lamenting <laughs> because uh, I feel like that is that is a huge I don't know, huge difference maker between the God that we worship and the God that other people worship is like, he allows for that. He allows for you to be frustrated and angry and complaining basically while also saying, but I want to go to Eden. Mm, I want Eden is what you want for me. So that is what I'm yearning for. But let's talk about what the, the circumstances are right now. Yeah. 
um, I've always kind of seen, like, I, I've always kind of put it in the context of like, what does God ultimately desire? God ultimately desires me to be reconciled to him. If we're using the word and phrases like reconciliation, it's like reconciled in relationship with him. Um, but we aren't there yet. I'm not there yet. So this requires me to lament because it is not yet what God has desired. Like it is not reaching the Eden that God desires. And so therefore there is angst to be had. Um, it's not the way that it's supposed to be. And if we're looking at COVID, like you're right, Barry, I've always kind of seen like God, God is in the middle of it. I don't, I don't believe that God's causing COVID, but I, I think that he's in the middle of like, this is not, this is not the way he wants it. He wants Eden, right? He wants, he wants Eden and therefore let's lament mm, because yeah. it's not Eden. Right. Um, that's always c- kind of how I've, how I've treated it. And I think that's really biblical. Romans eight. I mean, Paul says that the spirit groans with us yeah. at the brokenness of the world, which again, it does not answer the question of why God doesn't just fix it. That's a whole other discussion. Like why doesn't he, yeah. if he's all powerful, why does he allow brokenness in the first place? But what it does say is, that, yeah, when when this world is broken, God's just as probably more he's more broken hearted about it than we are, which. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. I'm going to commit to under 30 minutes, but <laughs> for somebody who who does who even heard your sermon this past weekend and is like, yeah, I just feel weird about that. Like, I don't you gave us time to do that in the service. And there are probably some people that are like, I didn't even know where to begin. Like, yeah. Do I say like. I'm mad. Like, what am I supposed to do practically? What, what do you think people, how do people need to just start? Marin? you, you've, you've been a believer for a long, long time mm-hmm. and you still have tr- like hesitancy or mm-hmm. issue knowing how to do it or having, you know, yeah. frustration doing it. What are some like tips, I guess we can give people to, to begin to even open up that part of their relationship with God? I could say this. Uh, I mean, at the end, the way that I, I gave people space to, to basically process, I, I think if you worked backwards, I did three things. And if you work backwards, it's the traditional way that people would tend to approach this. The third thing I said was now trust God and, you know, basically tell him you're, you're trusting him. And that's usually all we get when it's a hard time. It's like, well, just trust God, trust God. Sometimes we get to number two, which was, uh, tell God how you feel right now and then trust him. But rarely do we also take time with number one, which was acknowledge to God what you've lost. Mm -hmm. Like actually take time to think about what you've lost. What have you, what, what, what is this doing to you? What are you, what's, how are you affected by all of this? And then tell God how you feel about those things, actually wrestle with your emotions and then work through trusting him. Like, I think all three of those things are important steps to take if we want to try it. Cause each one of us probably Mm -hmm. struggles with different ones of those. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I was struck by the differentiation you made between telling God what I've lost and telling him how I feel about what I've lost. I don't know, but for some reason it's Mm. easy for me to, to itemize the things that are wrong Hmm. or the things that I'm sad. Well, the things that I'm just upset by, but then to talk about the emotion attached to those things, it's like a whole nother story. And again, I think maybe it's my busyness. Maybe it's our American culture of perpetual busyness, but to sit with those feelings takes time. 
that I don't feel like I have in my day to day rhythm of life. And so I think that is why carving out space for lament and making it like an event, making it an appointment, like a a thing I have to do, because otherwise it's just going to be on to like cooking dinner and, you know, doing chores. I agree. I think there's there's like hair all over my microphone. Um, I can't, I I cannot answer that. (laughs) Um, okay. So I said, I said something similar in my notes is that like lamenting, like you're, you're talking about Barry. I think it requires us to slow down. It requires Mm. us to listen because it requires us to listen to both God and other people because there's a, there's probably a large percentage of, of people that go to grace that have yet to be truly like hands-on affected by COVID. Like right. we, we've seen that in the survey results that we send out every week. Like most people are saying, I'm pretty good. Like I haven't really been that affected. There's definitely a percentage of our community that has, but there are people that are like, I don't know how to lament because it's not really like interrupting much of what I'm, what I've been doing. Um, but lamenting requires you to slow down and listen to other people. And, um, like if you're, if your job is still secure or you've been lightly affected, then my, my tip is to mourn with those who mourn like they're because being present and listening to the misery of others pain gives us reason to lament to God because Mm. their life is not what God would have for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that struck me today. Just that thing. Like, kind of not knowing where to start. Like I, okay, I've carved out the time. I'm going to do it. I'm on my porch. I'm alone. Let's lament. And I, I didn't, <laughs> even though like you yeah. guys know, I've had a pretty horrific year of loss. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know where to start. Hmm. And so I started with like a global morning or a global grief like like you said to mourn with those who mourn i started to think about um hospitals that are under equipped i started to think about um just all the things that we've already mentioned students who've lost their graduations or their proms or my own two students who are missing um a rite of passage like the latter half of their school years just obliterated and they're having to do this all in isolation, I can mourn about that. I can mourn about those who are in isolation. So even though I well, think about, I mean, you haven't really talked about this much, but like you only get 40 years of high school yeah, and right. Jaden is like all-star drummer right. and right. he just, he just lost half oh, yeah. of a year of being all-star drummer for a school. His, I mean, that, in the big scheme of things, that may not be a big deal, but a deal. that's a big deal. Yeah. His competitive season was over before it started. And all of that was because of this. And my daughter, who had been um, like in rehearsals, lengthy rehearsals um, for a musical that her school was, I think, a week or a week and a half out from performing. That's how far they had come. Wow. And then it was, oh, yeah, by the way, this is never going to happen. So, you know, at that age, to put that much heart and soul and work into something that you'll never see come to fruition like yeah talk about emotional fortitude like how how strong have they had to instantly become yeah. in order yeah. to just even weather this storm at their age and my kids are only a speck in the sea of kids worldwide mm. that are experiencing all sorts of losses and so again yeah. Yeah. it's something that 
I'm experiencing personally that when I kind of step back from, I see globally and it takes my lamentation. It takes my mourning to a whole nother place. Just Mm -hmm. like, wow, it's not just the weight of my own two children, but now it's the weight of America's children. It's the weight of the world's children. It's the weight of Hamilton County's children or whatever. Like then you just start, it takes my lament deeper. Hmm. Yeah. So what was it, Barry? It was unwavering trust and uh, brutal honesty. Uh, brutal honesty. So friend of the pod, if you're if you're wondering, hopefully hopefully you can take some time this week to to slow down and and practice that because I do think it's essential to to I think it's essential to do that as part of our relationship with God and obviously Grace Church vouches for that, but. Um, yeah, take some time to do that. I'm glad that I'm glad that we have a community that is responding to this. One of the ways we're responding to this is we're forming online discussion groups this week to talk about this topic as well as upcoming sermon topics. Um, so if you haven't done that, go to our website. We, you can sign up to join an online group and talk about lament, talk, uh, talk about the issues you have with it or talk about how it's impacted you or, um, enhanced your life or your relationship with God. Uh, so do that. It's on our website. You can sign up. There's content already created for that. So please do that. Um, but Barry, what's, what's coming up next? What's, what, what are we doing this next weekend? Uh, this next weekend, uh, Amy is coming to talk. Uh, she's going to flesh out more about this idea of trust and, uh, how, what do we do when we don't know what lies ahead when our future seems very uncertain. Uh, and so she'll take that, that concept of trust and kind of take us to the next level of what that actually looks like in our lives. Cool. So she'll be here next week. Yep. All right. Make room. Hopefully she'll be able to connect her computer. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, all right. Thanks guys. Uh, this is a shortest pod ever. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. You're welcome. Yep. Are you asking, are you thanking us or are you <laughs> thanking Yeah, the, I'm thanking you guys. I'm thanking you guys for listeners. I'm sorry. No, I'm thanking you guys for doing the lightning round of pod. <laughs> yeah. Just like the most important stuff. Just the nuggets of pure. Yeah, we got to get the nuggets the and about out. 10 minutes of me talking about all the animal issues we've got going <laughs> yeah. on. Important. Yeah, hey, that's important too. Speaking of lament. Uh, all right, Mary, will you please send us out? Sure, guys. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday.